ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so we have now the hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu qal qala rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam la tahasadu wa la tanajashu wa la tabaghadu wa la tadabaru wa la yabi' ba'dukum ala bay'i ba'd wa kunu ibadallahi ikhwana al-muslimu akhul muslim لا يظلمه ولا يخذله ولا يكذبه ولا يحقره التقوى ها هنا ويشير إلى صدره ثلاث مرات بحسب امرئ من الشر أن يحقر أخاه المسلم كل المسلم على المسلم حرام دمه وماله وعرضه رواه مسلم in this hadith of Abu Huraira, he narrates that the Messenger of Allah wasallam said, Do not be envious of one another, and do not artificially inflate prices against one another, do not hate one another, do not shun one another, and do not undercut one another in business transactions and be as fellow brothers and servants of Allah. A Muslim is the brother of a Muslim. He neither oppresses him nor humiliates him nor looks down upon him. Piety is here and he pointed to his chest three times. It is evil enough for a Muslim to hold his Muslim brother in contempt all things of a Muslim are inviolable for another Muslim. His blood, his property, and his honor. This particular hadith now, as Shaykh Al-Fawzan, Hafidahullah Ta'ala says, هَذَا حَدِيثٌ جَامِعٌ لِلْأَخْلَاقِ الَّتِي تَكُونُ بَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ This hadith, it encompasses and comprises of the mannerisms that a Muslim should have between his brothers. How Muslims should behave with each other. فَإِنَّ الْإِسْلَامَ جَاءَ بِالْحَثِّ عَلَى التَّآخِ فِي اللَّهِ عَزَّ Because indeed Islam, it has come encouraging that there be brotherhood between the Muslims. وَأَنْ يَكُونَ الْمُسْلِمُونَ كَالْجَسَدِ الْوَاحِدِ And that the Muslims should be like one body. وَكَالْبُنْيَانِ يَشُدُّ بَعْضُهُ بَعْضًا And like a building which gives itself strength from the various parts of it being together. وَلِذَلِكَ نَهَا عَنْ كُلِّ مَا يُكَدِّرُ هَذَا الْمَقْصُودِ وَمَا يُزِيلُهُ أَوْ يُنْقِسُهُ مِنَ الْأَخْلَاقِ سَيِّئَةِ 
And so the Prophet ﷺ warned against all of those affairs that could have a negative effect upon this brotherhood within Islam. وَفِي هَذَا الْحَدِيثِ يَقُولُ الرَّسُولُ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ And in this hadith, the Prophet ﷺ says, لَا تَحَاسَدُوا Do not be envious of each other. Do not be envious of each other. لِأَنَّ الْحَسَدَ هُوَ أَكْبَرُ مَا يُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ because envy is one of the greatest affairs that splits between the Muslims. فَهُوَ أَخْضَرُ الْآفَاتِ الْإِجْتِمَاعِيَّةِ So it is the most dangerous of the social uh, calamities. وَالْحَسَدُ مَعْنَاهُ And what does it mean to envy? What is envy? تَمَنِّ زَوَالِ النِّعْمَةِ عَنِ الْمَحْسُودِ Envy is that you hope that a particular blessing, whatever it may be, is removed from the person who you envy. So you see that a particular person has a particular blessing, and you hate that he's got that blessing. So you envy that person, meaning that you hope that he loses that blessing. You hope that it is removed from him. سَوَاءٌ أَرَادَهَا أَن تَكُونَ لَهُ أَوْ أَن تَزُولَ وَلَا تَكُونُ لِأَحَدٍ Whether you hope that it is removed from him and you get hold of it somehow, or whether your envy is such that you just hope it gets rid of from him, removed from him whether you get it or not. So you envy the person upon the blessing and you hope that it's removed from him. Whether you get it or not, that may be a part of your envy, it may not. But your purpose is that the blessing is removed from the other individual. And in another hadith, the Prophet said, Iyakum wal hasad, be warned from the envy. فَإِنَّ الْحَسَدَ يَأْكُلُ الْحَسَنَاتِ كَمَا تَأْكُلُ النَّارِ الْحَطَبَ أَوْ الْعُشْبِ Be warned from envy because indeed envy eats up the good deeds. Envy eats up the good deeds, just like fire eats up the wood. Or the bushes and the affairs that you place into the fire, the same manner the fire eats up all of that and burns it, then envy it burns up the good deeds. وَالْحَسَدُ قَدْ يَحْمِلُ عَلَى الْكُفْرِ And it can even be the case that envy can lead to disbelief. Envy can lead to disbelief, to kufr. An example of that is what happened to Iblis. كَمَا حَمَلَ إِبْلِيسَ عَلَى الْكُفْرِ حِينَمَا حَسَدَ آدَمْ عَلَيْهِ السَّلَامِ Just like Iblis, when he envied Adam alayhi salam, then he uh, fell into that disbelief, into that kufr. وَكَمَا حَمَلَ الْيَهُودَ عَلَى الْكُفْرِ بِمُحَمَّدٍ عَلَيْهِ الصَّلَاةُ وَالسَّلَامُ And just like the Jews, they then disbelieved in Muhammad ﷺ out of envy. So envy can lead to disbelief and kufr. It can lead to disbelief and kufr. And it can lead to even murder and killing. 
disbelief and kufr from the highest of the affair. And then after that also, it can lead to murder and killing. كَمَا قَتَلَ أَحَدُ آدَمَ أَخَا An example of that is how one of the sons of Adam السلام, killed the other, killed his brother. That was from envy. حَسَدَهُ عَلَىٰ أَن تَقَبَّلَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُ وَلَمْ يَتَقَبَّلْ مِنَ الْقَاتِلِ He was envious that Allah accepted from his brother and did not accept from him. فَحَمَلَهُ الْحَسَدْ عَلَىٰ قَتْلِ أَخِيهِ وَقَطِيعَةِ الرَّحِمِ So that envy, it caused him to kill his brother. And similarly, envy can lead to hatred between the Muslims. So envy is something very dangerous. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ عَلَىٰ أَخِيكَ نِعْمَةً فَإِنَّكَ تَدْعُو لَهُ بِالْبَرَكَةِ So if you see upon your brother some blessing, then make dua that Allah blesses that person in this blessing that he has. That Allah gives him goodness in that blessing that he has. And you make dua to Allah that Allah gives you similar to what your brother has been provided. Make dua to Allah that you may also have such blessings. وَلِذَلِكَ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ and that's why it's mentioned in a narration, لَا حَسَدَ إِلَّا فِثْنَتَيْنَ That there is no envy except in two affairs. لَا حَسَدَ إِلَّا فِثْنَتَيْنَ رَجُلٌ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ مَالًا فَسُلِّطَ عَلَىٰ هَلَكَتِهِ فِي الْحَقِّ وَرَجُلٌ آتَاهُ اللَّهُ الْحِكْمَةِ فَهُوَ يَقْضِي بِهَا وَيُعَلِّمُهَا Meaning that there are two instances where the envy is excused. And that is to envy a person who has been given wealth, who spends that wealth in the path of Allah. So you hope that you would have that wealth, so that you could spend in the path of Allah. And... An individual who has been given knowledge, so you hope that you had that knowledge, so that you could act upon that way and teach the people upon that way and achieve that goodness. So that is mentioned in the hadith regarding uh, desiring to have the wealth in order to spend in the path of Allah, and also the knowledge to be able to do as the knowledgeable one does. So then the hadith says, فَهُمَا فِي الْأَجْرِ سَوَىٰ The two of them, they will be the same in reward. Meaning the one who actually has the wealth and spends in the path of Allah, and the one who doesn't have it, but he desires that he had it too. In order that he could also then spend in the path of Allah, then he gets the reward of it too. And the one who has knowledge, and he uses that knowledge in the path of Allah, and the other one, he desires that he had that knowledge so he could use it in the path of Allah. Then both of those individuals, the one who actually has it and the one who desires it, for that good intention, then both of them are equal in reward. And this is what is known as ghibtah. And that is that you hope that Allah gives you what He has given to your brother, so that you can do the righteousness that your brother is doing. If you desire that you are given wealth, like somebody else has been given, 
But for the purpose and the intention that if you had the wealth, then you could spend in charity and do the goodness as your brother does. If you have that good intention, then that is something acceptable and good. And that is not considered as envy then. That you are hoping to have that type of wealth as well, in order that you can spend in the way of Allah as your brother does. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَلَا تَنَاجَشُوا After having mentioned the evil of envy, and not envying your brothers and sisters, then the second point mentioned is, وَلَا تَنَاجَشُوا النَّجْشْ إِسْتِثَارَةُ الشَّيْءِ وَالنَّجْشُ فِي الْبَيْعَ الزِّيَادَةُ فِي ثَمْنِ سِلْعَةِ وَلَا وَتَنَاجَشُوا تَفَاعَلُوا مِنَ النَّجْشِ وَهُوَ أَنْ يَزِيدَ الرَّجْلُ ثَمْنَ سِلْعَةِ وَهُوَ لَا يُرِيدُ شِرَاءَهَا وَلَكِنْ لِيَسْمَعَهُ غَيْرُهُ فَيَزِيدَ بِزِيَادَتِهِ This is basically where a person he bids on an item even though he does not intend to buy it. So why would you do that? In order to try to increase the price of that item and make other people pay more for it. Even though you yourself don't desire to buy it. You yourself don't even desire to buy it. But you put in some bids to try to increase the bids of the other people. To try to get a higher price for your companion who is selling. That type of activity is impermissible to engage in. To purposely state a desire to buy this item and to increase the price and your offer only only so that other people then have to increase their offers to be able to buy it. Even though you yourself don't intend to buy it, you're only offering that price to make the other people who you know want this item to make them have to offer an even higher price. So maybe you are in collusion with the person who is selling. Maybe you have an agreement with the person who is selling. To do this on purpose, to increase the bids and to get a higher price in the end. So that type of activity is impermissible, it is haram to do. Uh, As for if a person genuinely wants to buy it, then that's of course permissible. If you genuinely put in a higher offer because you genuinely want to buy it, then of course that's permissible. And then the other person may put in a higher offer, then you put in a higher offer. If you're genuinely doing it because you want the item and you're going to pay the higher offer, that's okay. But when the people, they collude with each other to do it on purpose, to make the others raise their offers, and that is impermissible. أَمَّا أَنَّهُ يَزِيدُ فِيهَا وَهُوَ لَا يُرِيدُ شَرَاءَهَا وَإِنَّمَا يُرِيدُ أَنْ يَرْفَحُ كِيمَتَهَا لِكَوْنِهِ شَرِيكًا لِلْبَائِعَ أَوْ صَدِيقًا لَهُ أَوْ مَا أَشْبَهَ ذَلِكَ فَهَذَا نَجْشٌ مُحَرَّمٌ So as for you having some sort of agreement with the seller, and saying to him, well, I'll go into the audience and I'll put my hand up to increase the offers. I'll put some high bids in and then we'll make the others force their bids to go higher. You have some agreement like this and you go and do that on purpose, then this is haram and impermissible. Then the third affair that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, وَلَا تَبَاغَضُوا And do not have hatred for each other. Do not have hatred for each other. And that is when a person has this hatred in his heart. But rather what is required is that a Muslim has love in his heart. Al-matloob al-aks. Wa huwa al-mahabbatu bayna al-muslimin. What is required is that there should be love between the Muslims. Not that there should be anger and hatred. فَيُحِبُّ بَعْضُهُمْ بَعْضًا So they should love each other. قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ Just like the Prophet said, لَا يُؤْمِنُ أَحَدُكُمْ حَتَّى يُحِبَّ لِأَخِيهِ مَا يُحِبُّ لِنَفْسِهِ 
that none of you truly believes until you love for your brother what you love for yourself. فَالْمَطْلُوبَ هُوَ التَّحَابُ بَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ So what is required is that there should be love between the Muslims. أَمَّا أَنْ يَتَبَاغَضُوا فَهَذَا مَنْ هِيٌ As for having hatred for each other, then this is something which is prohibited. لَكِنْ هَلْ يَمْلِكُ الْإِنسَانُ أَنْ يُزِيلَ مَا فِي قَلْبِهِ مِنَ الْبُغْضِ However, the Shaykh says, is it possible for a person to actually remove his emotions from his heart? It could be that naturally, naturally in your heart, you may have some inclination of disliking to a person. Can you actually remove that from your hearts? Is that something within our control, these emotions in our hearts, that you have a hatred for somebody? هذا سجية في بعض الناس لكن إذا أبغضت فلا تعمل بموجب البغض فتضر أخاك. The Sheikh says even if you have some emotion in your heart that you hate somebody for whatever the reason may be, perhaps it's in your heart, it's in it's in you, it's engraved in you. Something's happened and it's an emotion in your heart that you can't seem to get rid of. Even so, even if that emotion then exists in your heart that you have a hatred towards someone, the Sheikh says. Even if that exists, then do not, do not act upon it. If you say that I can't control it, it's an emotion I have in my heart, that's the way I feel. I can't change my feeling. The Shaykh says, even if that is the case, even if you can't change your feeling, as you say, as long, even if you can't do that, what you can do is make sure you don't act on your feeling. So you don't go and oppress that person, or you don't go and do something wrong to that person, even if you have the feeling in your heart. You have this feeling of hatred or dislike to a person and you may say, I can't get rid of it. This is the way I feel about that person. The sheikh says, even so, what you can do is make sure you behave outwardly properly. Even if you have this dislike to the person, then at least behave properly and don't go and oppress or do something wrong to him. You can control your actions. Even if you say, I can't control my emotions. So the sheikh says, still you behave in the proper manner and don't go and harm your brother. Even if you say that naturally in my heart, that's just the way I feel about this person then do not go and harm the person. فَإِذَا وَجَدْتَ فِي نَفْسِكَ بُغْضًا فَادْفَعْهُ بِتَذَكُّرِ مَا بَيْنَ الْمُسْلِمِينَ مِنَ الْمَحَبَّةِ وَالْخَيْرِ And the shaykh says, if you find this type of emotion in your heart, then try to remove that by remembering the love that should be between the Muslims and the righteousness and the goodness. وَلَا تَعْمَلْ بِهِ وَلَا تُنْفِذُ أَوْ تُذْهِرُ الْبَغْضَاءِ And do not act upon whatever emotion you may have in your heart or hatred or dislike to a person. Don't act upon that and go and oppress that person or do something wrong to that person. So that's the third point. Not to have the hatred. The fourth point. وَلَا تَدَابَرُوا And do not shun each other. Do not shun each other. الْمُدَابَرَةِ هِيَ الْإِعْرَاضِ إِعْرَاضُ الْبَعْضِ عَنِ الْبَعْضِ الْآخَرِ Meaning to shun away from each other. To turn your backs on each other. Do not behave in this way that you shun each other and you turn your backs upon each other. That which is suitable and appropriate and what should be done is that you meet your brother with a happy and smiling type of appearance. As for turning away from him and shunning away from him and giving him your back, 
فَهَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَى شَرْءٍ So this indicates something evil. إِلَّا إِذَا لَمْ يَكُنْ فِيهِ إِلَّا الْخَيْرِ فَلَا تُدْبِرْ عَنْهُ بَلْ أَقْبِلْ عَلَيْهِ وَبِالشَّلَحِ نعم So the Shaykh says, If there is nothing other than goodness in that person, then do not shun away from him and do not turn away from him, but rather approach him in a good and friendly and approachable manner. So here the characteristic which is being explained is do not behave in this uh, rude type of manner with each other, shunning each other, turning your backs on each other. Rather the Muslim should behave in an appropriate manner with goodness and kindness and righteousness. And of course... That is all within the context of the affairs. Perhaps an individual may be an innovator. You have an individual who is an innovator ahead of the innovation or ahead of the innovators. And you wish to protect yourself from that. And you wish to protect yourself from that person's uh, misguidance. Then of course it's permissible to turn away and to keep yourself distanced from that person. Of course that type of affair is permissible. This should not be misunderstood. In those situations and circumstances, if there's a person of innovation, there's somebody of deviance and you want to protect yourself, then of course keep yourself away and distanced. And that is correct and appropriate to do. But otherwise, amongst the brothers, amongst the people where there is nothing of that nature, then there should be goodness and righteousness and kindness and not turning the backs, etc. Similarly, وَلَا بَيْعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَى بَيْعِ بَعْضٍ وَلَا يَبِعْ بَعْضُكُمْ عَلَى بَيْعِ بَعْضٍ and nobody should undercut anyone else in trade. Do not undercut each other and do not uh, uh, try to sell in some type of trade that is not of good mannerisms and behavior, to undercut the people. هَذَا مِثْلُ مَا مَرَّ فِي النَّجْشِ أَنَّهُ إِسَاءَ فِي الْمُعَامَلَةِ فَإِذَا بَعَ أَخُوكَ سِلْعَى فَلَا تَذْهَبْ إِلَى الْمُشْتَرِي وَتَقُلْ أَنْتَ مَغْبُونَ أَنَا عِنْدِي لَكَ أَرْخَصْ مِنْهَا وَأَحْسَنُ مِنْهَا فَتُدْخِلَ عَلَيْهِ الْحُزْنِ وَرُبَّمَا تُفْسِدُ الْمُعَامَلَ بَيْنَهُمَا وَتُوْقِعُ بَيْنَهُمَا النِّزَاعِ فَيَطْلُبُ الْإِقْيَالَ خُصُوصًا إِذَا كَانَ بِيعًا فِيهِ خِيَارٍ وَقَدْ جَاءَ فِي الْحَدِيثِ أَنَّ النَّاسَ قَالُوا دَعُوا النَّاسَ يَرْزُقُ اللَّهُ بَعْضَهُمْ مِنْ بَعْضٍ So the Shaykh says in this part about not undercutting each other in the trade that for example you should not go to somebody who has purchased something of another person and go to him and say, no, that person, he has taken too much money from you. He's, he's robbed you. He's, he's charged you too much for this. I could have sold you this for cheaper. Don't behave in this type of manner. If the, the item has been sold at an appropriate price, it's been sold at a reasonable, good, appropriate price, then you should not behave in this manner. Where you go and say to your brother, no, this brother has done wrong to you and he's charged you too much and I could have done this for you and I could have done that for you that this will cause problems between that brother and the one who he bought the item from. That type of behavior isn't good. Rather, the Prophet ﷺ said in a hadith, leave the people uh, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them their sustenance from each other. Leave the people to gain their sustenance from each other, the buying and the selling and the trade. Not to go in this way of undercutting and saying, I can do this for you for a lot cheaper than what this one is doing or uh, at a price which is unsuitable to the market and what the people are selling, trying to undercut the people or trying to uh, whisper to them that they've been uh, charged far too much and you could have done it cheaper for them. To behave in this manner is not suitable dealing with the people. 
It is not suitable behavior amongst the people and it should not be done because then that leads to the whisperings and it leads to the problems between the people who are buying and selling. وَكَذَلِكَ الشِّرَاءِ عَلَى الشِّرَاءِ بِأَنْ يَشْتَرِي سِلْعَةً وَتَرَى أَنَّهَا طَيِّبَةً وَرَخِيصَةً فَتَذْهَبُ إِلَى الْبَائِعِ وَتَقُولُ لَا أَنْتَ مَغْغُونٌ فِي بَيْعِكْ وَكَانَ بَيْعٌ فِي خِيَارٍ أَنَا أَشْتَرِيهَا مِنْكَ بِأَكْثَرَ مِمَّا اشْتَرَاهَا مِنْكَ فُلَانٌ افْسَخِ الْبَيْعِ And similarly the shaykh says when buying something then you should not engage in this type of behavior where perhaps you see that this item is of a good and cheap price but then you go to the seller uh, and you say to him that perhaps you have uh, uh, sold it for too much or you begin to complain about these types of affairs and you say I want to redeem my money for it. Basically explaining that this type of affair is not permissible because you are transgressing upon the, upon the person uh, and you should leave these affairs of the business to occur as they are. Of course, unless it is completely out of the ordinary and somebody genuinely is deceiving someone in prices and in selling. But if it is being done in the correct and normal manner, then you should not go in this way of spreading between the people, this one, this and this one, that, and selling and buying. ثُمَّ قَالَ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَكُونُوا عِبَادَ اللَّهِ إِخْوَانًا And be the slaves of Allah as brothers. Be all of you as brothers. هَذَا يَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّ هَذِهِ الْأُمُورِ تُؤَثِّرُ عَلَىٰ الْإِخُوَةِ فَإِذَا تَرَكْنَاهَا أَصْبَحْنَا إِخْوَانَا The shaykh says this indicates that all of these types of activities that have been mentioned in the hadith so far, if you were to leave all of those activities and stop doing those evil types of activities, then it would lead to brotherhood flourishing. Brotherhood would flourish. If those types of ill activities were left aside. لِأَنَّ اللَّهَ جَلَّ وَعَلَىٰ يَقُولْ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَىٰ said إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ إِخْوَةِ Indeed the believers are brothers. إِخْوَةٌ فِي الدِّينِ لَا فِي النَّسَبِ i.e. brothers in Islam. Not necessarily in lineage. Not necessarily in lineage but in Islam. وَأُخُوَّةُ الدِّينِ أَقْوَى مِنْ أُخُوَّةِ النَّسَبِ and the brotherhood in Islam is stronger than brotherhood in lineage. So the disbeliever is your enemy even if he was your blood brother. Min al-nasab or from your lineage. But the Muslim is your brother in the religion even if he was not your brother in lineage. And he is your brother in reality. فَالْأُخُوَّةَ إِنَّمَا تَكُونُ بِالدِّينَ So brotherhood, it occurs through the religion. وَأَمَّا أُخُوَّةُ النَّسَفَ فَهَذِهِ قَدْ يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلِيهَا مُوَالَاتٌ عِرْقِيَّةٌ بَيْنَ النَّاسِ لَكِنَا يَتَرَتَّبُ عَلِيهَا مُوَالَاتٌ وَلَا مُعَادَاتٌ دِينِيَّةٌ As for the brotherhood within lineage, blood brothers and relatives, then that type of affair, of course there is that link of brotherhood within you, but that does not necessitate uh, allegiance and enmity upon the religion because those relatives and those brothers of yours some of them perhaps may not be Muslims even so the al-wala wal bara the allegiance the enmity etc it is not based upon lineage rather the brotherhood is the brotherhood of Islam then the Prophet ﷺ said al-muslimu akhul muslim that the Muslim is the brother of a Muslim just as Allah said in the Quran innamal mu'minuna ikhwah that indeed the believers are brothers. لا يظلمه 
The Prophet said that he does not oppress him. One Muslim does not oppress another Muslim. وَلَا يَخْذُلُهُ And neither does he deceive another Muslim. He does not deceive him and he does not abandon him and leave him at the time of need and to, as they say, backstab him. That a Muslim does not behave in that type of behavior towards his brother. إِذَا رَآهُ يُهَانْ فَإِنَّهُ يَنْصُرُهُ يَمْنَعَ الْخُذْلَانَ عَنْهُ وَيَيِّدُهُ وَلَا يَتْرُكُهُ لِلْعَدَاءِ وَإِذَا رَآ أَحَدًا يَتَكَلَّمُ فِيهِ فِي الْمَجَالِسِ فَإِنَّهُ يُدَافِعُ عَنْهُ لِأَنَّهُ إِذَا تَرَكَهُ وَسَكَتَ كَانَ ذَلِكَ مِنَ الْخُذْلَانِ So you do not abandon your brothers, rather you aid them and support them, and be with them. You do not stay silent when you see that oppression is occurring towards them, or that somebody is speaking ill against them, rather you be with them and you unite with them. فَإِذَا رَأَيْتَ أَخَاكَ يُظْلَمْ So if you see your brothers being oppressed, then as we said, you don't just leave the affair, you unite with your brothers who are being oppressed, and they are genuinely being oppressed incorrectly and wrongly. Then you be with them, and you speak for them, and you defend them. فَإِنَّكَ تُنَاصِرُهُ وَتَمْنَعْ عَنْهُ الظُّلْمَ بِأَيِّ نَوْءٍ So you help the brothers who are being oppressed genuinely, and you stop the oppression coming their way. As the Prophet said, أُنصُرَ أَخَاكَ ظَالِمًا وَمَظْلُومًا Aid your brother whether he is the oppressor or the oppressed one. فَقَالَ رَجْلٌ So a man said, أَنْصُرُهُ إِذَا كَانَ مَظْلُومًا Of course I can help him if he is being oppressed. أَفَرَأَيْتَ إِذَا كَانَ ظَالِمًا كَيْفَ أَنْصُرُهُ But what if he is the oppressor? How do I help him then? Hadith says, help your brother whether he is the oppressor or the one being oppressed. He said, if he's being oppressed, of course I can go help him. But if he's the one oppressing, how do I help him? So the Prophet ﷺ said, تَحْجِزُهُ أَوْ تَمْنَعُهُ مِنَ الظُّلْمِ فَإِنَّ ذَلِكَ نَصْرُهُ Stop him from committing the oppression, and that is you helping him. You can help the one who is oppressing others by stopping him from committing the oppression, and that is how you will be helping him. By stopping him from committing that sin. Similarly, the Prophet ﷺ said, وَلَا يَكْذِبُهُ that a person, a Muslim, does not deceive or lie to another Muslim in his dealings with him. He does not lie. Rather, he is truthful and honorable and faithful between the Muslims in their dealings and they do not deceive and lie. And similarly, وَلَا يَحْقِرُهُ And that a Muslim does not belittle or look down upon others. Not to belittle and look down upon others. لِأَنَّ الْمُسْلِمَ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ عَظِيمٌ because the Muslims are of great status in front of Allah. وَإِنْ كَانَ لَيْسَ لَهُ مَظْهَرْ Even if a particular Muslim doesn't have good appearance, or لَيْسَ لَهُ مَال, or he doesn't have any wealth, or لَيْسَ لَهُ جَاه, and he doesn't have any status or rank, مَا دَامْ أَنَّهُ مُؤْمِنْ As long as he is a mu'min, then he is somebody great in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And so, the uh, point is not how somebody looks or whether they have status or whether they have money or whether they have strength. Rather the point is the iman in their hearts. So the believer is close to Allah and he is noble in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he is from the awliya of Allah. So you do not have this approach of looking down upon the other Muslims. فَلَا تَحْقِرْ أَخَاكَ الْمُؤْمِنَ بِأَن تُقَلِّلَ مِنْ شَأْنِهِ أَوْ تَقُولَ يَسْتَحِقُّ كَذَا أَوْ هُوَ لَيْسَ بِأَهْلٍ لِهَذَا أَوْ تَزْدَرِيهِ 
بل عليك أن تحترم أخاك على أي حال كان ولو كان محتقرا فيما رأى أو في اعتبار الناس فأنت تعظمه لأنه كريم على الله سبحانه وتعالى So you do not belittle the Muslims even if their appearance or their wealth is little or whatever the affair may be a person is a believer, he is a mu'min, he is upon the methodology of the salaf then you honor that person as he is a believer practicing the religion With these types of good characteristics the society is rectified And by losing some of these characteristics or all of them then that's when you lose the society or you find deficiency in the society فَالْإِسْلَامُ جَاءَ بِكُلِّ مَا يَبْنِ الْمُجْتَمَعِ So Islam has come with all of the affairs that build the society. وَنَهَا عَنْ كُلِّ مَا يُخِلُّ بِهِ And Islam prohibits us from all of the things that make a deficiency in the society. مَنْ هِيَّاتُ النَّهَا عَنْهَا رَسَلَ سَلَّمْ لِأَنَّهَا مِمَا يُخِلُّ بِبِنَاءِ الْمُجْتَمَعِ And there are various affairs that the Prophet has forbidden us from because they cause deficiency within the society. Then the Prophet said towards the end of the hadith, At-taqwa ha-huna. That taqwa is here. And he pointed to his chest three times, i.e. to his heart. Pointed to his heart three times and he said, At-taqwa ha-huna. Taqwa is here. So the point being that the point is what's in your heart. That's the point. The point is what is in your heart, your iman, your belief, that is the point. Not what you look like or if you are poor or if your clothes are torn. Rather, it's the iman in your hearts. And that's why Allah said, in, oh, in the Prophet said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَنظُرُ إِلَى صُوَرِكُمْ أَمْوَالِكُمْ Allah does not look to your appearances or your wealth. وَإِنَّمَا يَنظُرُ إِلَى قُلُوبِكُمْ أَعْمَالِكُمْ Rather, He looks at your hearts and your actions. So the affair is linked to the heart and it is not your appearance. However, that should not be misunderstood because many people do misunderstand this narration and they say that the Prophet said, Taqwa is here, it's here in the heart. So they say, go and commit whatever sins you want, go and commit whatever errors you want. It's okay, the Taqwa is here, the Taqwa is here. The Iman is in the heart, I have the Iman they say. So go and commit whatever sins you want. But that isn't the meaning of this hadith. That is not the meaning of this hadith. That this allows you to go and do what you want and then just say that the iman is in the heart and the Prophet doesn't point it to the heart. It is not to be used in that incorrect manner. Rather the meaning of it is the iman in the heart. And if the heart is correct and upright, then the rest of the body should be correct and upright too. Just like the Prophet said, أَلَا وَإِنَّ فِي الْجَسَدِ مُضْغَةِ إِذَا صَلَحَتْ صَلَحَ الْجَسَدُ كُلُّهُ That indeed in the body is an organ, if that is upright and rectified, then the whole of the body is proper and rectified. And what is that? And if it is corrupt, then the rest of the body will be corrupt. أَلَا وَهِيَ الْقَلْبِ And that is indeed the heart. So if the heart is upright upon taqwa, then the rest of your body and your actions will be upright upon taqwa. Not for somebody to say, well I've got the taqwa in my heart, and then go and commit the sins. If you've got the taqwa in your heart, then you shouldn't be committing the sins. Uh, and then at the end the Prophet said, الشر, It is sufficient for a person in terms of evil that he belittles and he looks down upon his brothers. كُلُّ الْمُسْلِمِ عَلَى الْمُسْلِمِ حَرَامِ The Muslims are haram upon each other. Meaning, 
It's haram for you to take the blood of another Muslim or to take the wealth of another Muslim. It is haram upon you to perform these types of actions and to incorrectly oppress the Muslims by taking their blood unlawfully, killing somebody unlawfully, taking their wealth unlawfully, taking their honor, al-irda, wa-irduhu, yani the uh, taking the honor of that person of another Muslim through backbiting to stories to uh, other affairs to abuse then this type of affair all of it is impermissible and incorrect just as Allah said in the Quran ba'da. do not backbite each other would you like to eat the flesh of your dead brother and that is something that you of course uh, hate uh, and so, uh, in this hadith then, we see that the Prophet ﷺ has mentioned several characteristics that the Muslims should make sure that they avoid and they do not engage in. And at the same time, several characteristics have been mentioned that the Prophet ﷺ encourages the people to be upon. And so that is the advice that we take from that hadith. And that is the way we should practice it in order to have the good characteristics and the rectification between the society. And in order that our da'wah can be spread, a da'wah as salafiyyah with wisdom amongst the people so that they understand and they accept and they come to the truth and they realize the falsehood of those deviated callers and those misguided individuals. So we'll conclude upon that point today. And insha'Allah ta'ala will continue next week at the same time.